So I'm going to try to explain the whole of constitutionalism so that you get a, a basic understanding of it and you can write your exam. Now, constitutionalism is the limitations that have been placed on government on the exercise of power or authority. See, we put people in power, but when we put them in power, they become too powerful. And so we must place some limitations on their ability to exercise that power. And that is what we call constitutionalism, okay? So the rights and responsibilities also comes with certain limitations. And that is also encapsulated in constitutionalism. Yeah, so there are certain misconceptions that come with uh, constitutionalism. And uh, one of them is that a military government does not use constitutionalism. But that is wrong because military governments also operate within the limit of a certain power. Uh, they make rules. So we see the NLCD decrees, uh, the NLC, NL, NLC uh, decrees, all those PNDC laws, all those ones that um, they stipulate the limitations by which even a military junta would, um, would operate. And so military government has actually operate with constitutionalism. So Another misconception is that a written constitution is uh, coterminous with constitutionalism. And that is wrong. Uh, the fact that we have a constitution in a country does not mean that it's operating under constitutionalism. So we can have a constitution that does not limit the power of government. And so it doesn't mean that when a country is constitutional, it is operating under constitutionalism. Right. We also have a misconception that our traditional leaders do not operate within limits, but that is also wrong. We have the traditional customary constitutionalism where the chiefs and the elders are able to take decisions and the chief, the elders uh, cannot operate ultra-virus outside the, the, the confines of their, their powers that have been conferred to them by the people. Uh, we also have the queen mother who chooses uh, the, the, the Santehini in uh, the Ashanti region, uh, also ensuring some level of constitutionalism. Okay, um, so the other misconception is that a country that practices democracy plays by the rules of constitutionalism, and that is also wrong. Uh, we can have a democracy without constitutionalism because democracy is the right to govern but constitutionalism is the duty to govern the duty that we assign to government okay so we talk about constitutionalism within procedural limitations limitations that are set within the procedures of um, public office and individuals okay um, some of uh, these things, example, Article 106, a memo has to be attached to a bill before uh, it is presented to Parliament. Those are procedures. 
those are procedures and um, we'll later we'll talk about the open uh, open book rule and the closed book rule and we'll understand it now there are elements there are different six different elements of constitutionalism we have the rule of law we have the separation of powers we have judicial independence we have human rights judicial review and then independent media so you know we'll take all these things one by one one by one and then we'll go through it rule of law one separation of powers two judicial independence three human rights four judicial review five and then independent media six now the rule of law we'll go over it over and over again so you understand so the rule of law um, in ancient uh, Britain or the, the United Kingdom which we didn't have before but in ancient England uh, Aristotle proposed um, certain doctrines uh, first the monarchs were ruling by by the law oh, they were ruling by the law okay so there were people that used to rule outside the law so they applied the law but the law did not apply to them all right so they were outside of it then there was another situation where the rule of the law the rule of law it applied to uh, the the people only and did not apply to the monarchs to the same extent they operated by different rules right but aristotle and av dicey um, talked about the rule of law and how it should apply um, to uh, everybody equally so av dicey talked about three very important elements that uh, constituted the rule of law one the supremacy of the law and if you remember in the constitution 1992 article 1 2 the law, the constitution is supreme and any other law that is inconsistent to the extent of that inconsistency shall be null. And so that's Article 1-2, supremacy of the law. That's one aspect of the rule of law. Then equality before the law. And in the constitution is Article 17, everybody shall be treated equally before the law. Equality before the law. That's the second element of rule of law then the third element is the enforcement of human rights article um, chapter chapter 5 of the 1992 constitution well fundamental human rights and then we have the directive principles of state policy which we will discuss in chapter 6 in chapter 33 we know about how said uh, subject to the, the 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 high court has jurisdiction in human rights matters original jurisdiction in human rights matters so there's the high court that enforces these laws all right so we said av dicey says there are three elements supremacy of the law equality before the law enforcement of human rights right so no one can be made to suffer pain unless it is with in accordance with the law and set out by the court and we know that in article 1911 right in 1911 we learned that um, and when we want to i will not talk about the cases but we could talk about ria koto in relation to these cases now the second element of constitutionalism so we've talked about the rule of the rule of law 
let's talk about the second element of constitutionalism which is separation of powers now when you want to talk about separation of powers mention john locke john locke is the foremost authority on separation of powers all right so separation of powers there were two um um, two uh, postulations right uh, that one the 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 personnel right and the uh, hold on uh, so there's the pure theory of or the absolutist the absolutist theory which was propounded by um, Montesquieu he says that the three principal functions performed by the government of the state are performed wholly by se- wholly separate institutions, and it, is, it also entails separation of the personnel of these institutions. But we realize that the absolutist theory that was propounded by Montesquieu is impractical in Ghana; that we cannot have absolutely separate institutions and we'll come to the reason why they are because there are interactions between the states like uh, in article 130 and article 2 of the 1992 constitution we see that the power of judicial review the power of the supreme court to interpret laws that are made by parliament and if the laws that are made by parliament are not understood then the supreme court rather is the one to interpret it not parliament so that gives uh, some interaction and also in article 71 we see how the salaries of members of parliament 71-1, members of parliament, state in, uh, uh, ombudsmen and staff are also uh, are stipulated by the president, is determined by the president. In article 71-2, the president's salary is also determined by parliament, by committee in parliament. So those are interactions between. So Montesquieu's school of thought cannot be practical in Ghana. Then, so then which other one can we use? We have the partial theory or the non absolutist theory which was propounded by John Locke all right he says that separation is not absolute but there is an interaction so as we have said in article 2 and 130 article 71 even article 78 that the majority of ministers shall be uh, uh, shall be appointed from parliament and by the the president from parliament all right so these are these are um, uh, uh, two schools of thought that um, govern the uh, separation of powers. Okay, and in the separation of powers, uh, we 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 talk about uh, the open book rule and the closed book rule. Um, Parliament takes a decision that is adverse to the rule, the the rights of an individual, and that's the open book rule. So if it's adverse, it, it does not ensure the right of an individual, is the open book rule. Then the closed book rule relates to matters of procedure on the floor of parliament as to how decisions are made on the floor, all right, on the floor of parliament. So separation of powers really has to do with popular sovereignty and uh, a democratic government. So popular sovereignty 
we talk about Article 11, the law emanates from the people, and we will talk about the cases later on. Right? So, um, what are some of the the forces? Uh, first, let's talk about uh, some of the the elements of separation of powers. Uh, we've talked about popular sovereignty and democratic government. One, then judicial review. So, so when we talk about separation of powers, these are the elements: popular sovereignty and a democratic government. Then we talk about judicial review, where the court has power to interpret um, misconceptions of the law or uh, misunderstandings of the law, okay, or to check the limitations of government. That is, in essence, what it did. Uh, in the case of Amidu versus President Kufour, where he appointed um, three people, the Amidu says that it was ultra virus and he didn't have the, the the power to appoint such people. Okay, so that was that the court also determined whether or not the president Kufour had the power to appoint such people, and that's the power of judicial review. Then another part of the separation of powers is independent judiciary that's in article 127 that parliament and the executive cannot interfere in the 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 working of the judiciary okay then we have under separation of powers individual rights okay that are and that are enforced they are protected under separation of powers individual rights and that is in article 191c um, you can see this in MPP versus the AG Martin, Martin Pebu versus AG Martin Pebu talked about how um, the liberties of a person cannot be curtailed through uh, uh, a, a self-recognizance bill. And um, so what, what it says was that people are giving self-recognizance bill and the person that's too surety when the person, the other person runs away, we, can, we are able to curtail the liberty of that person. And in that Martin Pebble versus AG, we're saying that it is it is contrary to Section 191, which ensures the liberty and stipulates the conditions under which the liberties of a person can be taken. We should take time to read this Martin Pebble case. Forces against constitutionalism. Some of the forces that mitigate against constitutionalism are war. Eh? state of emergency and absolution the government exercise of absolute power are some of the mitigating factors against constitutionalism now so um when, when we when we talk about so we've spoken about the rule of law but uh we we said that we said that um the uh, uh we talked about aristotle and let me tell you some of the things that they said all right in uh, aristotle said that uh, it is more it is more proper that the law should govern should govern than citizens they should then the citizens should only be guardians and servants of the law those are some of the things that we can talk about that Aristotle said that it is more proper 
that the law should govern rather than citizens. That citizens should only be guardians and servants of the law. And Cicero also says that we are all servants of the law in order to be free. All right? All right. So Lord Bingham, Lord Bingham in, on the rule of law says, the core of the existing principle is that all persons and authorities within the states, whether public or private, should should be should be um, um, they should be uh, protected by and entitled to the benefit of laws publicly and prospectively promulgated and publicly administered in courts. All he was saying was that the people that constitute private and public uh, uh, persons should be protected by the law and their rights should be enshrined in the law that should be promulgated publicly for everybody to know that's what lord bingham said now lord bingham gave eight sub rules of the rule of law he says that one the law must be accessible intelligible clear and predictable okay the law must be accessible intelligible clear and predictable two it says legal rights must be derived from the law and not by discretion legal rights must be derived from the law and not by discretion and it says that equal there should be equal application of the law to all persons then number four he says that the exercise of power must be fair reasonable and within limit then number five he says that law must afford adequate protection of fundamental rights and number six he says that the means of resolving dispute should not be expensive number seven he says fair adjudicative procedures should exist the court should be fair in adjudicating cases number eight and final one he says that the state's compliance with its own obligations in international and national law all right the state should comply with its obligations in international and national law right um hold on so let's let's go back to the separation of powers right what is the rationale for separation of powers in a state why do we need separation of powers as john locke said uh, the uh, the non-absolutist um, theory of john locke why he says that now one there must be the liberty of individuals must be protected to avoid autocracy that is why we separate powers liberty of individuals must be protected then two he says that efficiency so the skill exercised by different organs of government will be more efficient if it is exercised by different institutions. Then number three, there are balance, checks and balances in the exercise of power. This is why we need to, um, ra- this is the rationale behind the separation of powers. Now, executive power, then we have legislative power and judicial power. All these are arms of government. Executive power in a, is enshrined in Article 58. Legislative power is in Article 93, and judicial power in Article 125. So what 
we we are judiciary lawyers we are part of judiciary and we operate under article 125 right parliament is legislative we operate under article 93 then president akufado and the police under article 758 right article 58 and those are uh, some of the the things that you must know as you are writing it's nice that you understand where the powers of all the organs of government are and we know that the executive power is in article 10 and um, is in chapter 10 all right article 58 but in chapter 10 then legislative power is in chapter 11 but in article 93 then judiciary power we the law school is in article uh, uh, 125 but in chapter 12 of the 1992 constitution so there are three organs with different powers there's the law making which is the, the legislature the law enforcement which is the executive and then the declaration and interpretation which is the judiciary okay so then let's talk about the interactions i spoke about interactions under the constitution article 2 and article 130 it gives the power of judiciary review judicial review the power of the judiciary to uh, li- to exercise limitations on the powers of government then article another interaction or oh, under the constitution of separation of powers is article 71 Uh, where determination of salaries of both the president and the parliament and other members then article 78 where majority of ministers are appointed among the MPs then uh, another interaction is appointment of ministers with prior approval of parliament that is at, under article 78 so ministers are executive parliament is legislative all right but so we said our parliament is article 93 right and then executive is article 58 but we said that article 93 approves article 58 office holders and that is an interaction uh, and we see under article 82 to mp's vote of censure on the minister of state so mp's can censure a minister of state and say that look we we need you out of office because of this and that and that you have done this you are corrupt and this and this and so article 82 and article 99 we the high court and court of appeal determine the validity of elections in parliament article 99 one uh, article 99 the election petitions article 99 the high courts are able to determine and the high court and appeal court are able to determine the validity of these elections why should uh, parliamentary elections be determined by the judiciary that's an interaction so we can see that uh, montesquieu school of thought the absolutist theory is unable to hold because of all these interactions all right another major 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 interaction is article 10611 10611 where they are saying that the the president must assent to a bill in parliament before it can become law so the executive is article 58 right and parliament is article 93 and yes article 93 but the 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 article 58 must approve the work of article 93 